Let's get ready to rumble! And welcome back to a tale of two rivals plus one. I am your host, Todd at FF underscore Banterman Foster, and I'm joined by who? Dave Wright, FF underscore Spaceman, and I'm happy to be here. It feels like it's been a long time, but it's only been a week, and it just shows you how much I miss talking to you guys. I'm ready to get into it. And I'm FF underscore Walrus, Sean Kennedy, your perpetual plus one, ready to tear apart this wide receiver buffet. Okay, the question of the night, are we ever actually going to change the name of the podcast, or are we just going to keep saying plus one? I, I don't, Todd, you're putting me on the spot here. I lo- I really love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I do too. Um, a Tale of Two Rivals and a Juggernaut? I don't know. <laughs> so, all right. But, um, gents, good week. Everyone having a good week? Mm. Getting through. Yep. I've been having uh, some high-priced cocktails, bought some, uh, some high-priced whiskey, some making some like high-end margaritas lately because uh, my quarantine has now officially made me feel like I did get all fancy up in my home with my drinks. So uh, it's been good. I'm uh, sipping on a little Japanese whiskey, and it's uh, going down nice and smooth. I'm uh, like a fancy Todd Foster. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite classy over here. <laughs> I wanted, like, I'm picturing you doing that wearing a tuxedo T-shirt, but with at least a 7-inch top hat. That's exactly like what I'm full wearing. Like full that's that's amazing. That's exactly what I'm wearing yeah. right now. Look at that. That's crazy, man. That's that's. I also have a monocle, but um, it's, it's uh, this is going swimmingly. All right. So, you guys just want to dive into it? I will say, Todd, before we do dive into it, this is the best time in dynasty football. Trade right before dynasty draft. People are in rookie drafts. We're making trades. The banter is high. There's a lot of content, and it's and this time, what's going on in our country? This has been awesome. I hope everyone else has been enjoying it. I'm really excited to talk with you guys. So I'm, I'm just full of energy tonight. I'm actually really glad you said that. It is like my favorite time of the year, like right before the draft. Um, I've sent out a few trade offers. I've been super active, but um, <laughs> my, my, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, really, really happy you traded the 106 and the 205 to get Kenny Galladay. I was pretty happy with that. Um, but yeah, a lot of people have told me they don't like my offers. It's been pretty upsetting. Um, but yeah, no, it's do it's better been a fun with them, time. and then people won't tell you that. That's fair. But anyways, <laughs> stop trying to force narratives that aren't true. <laughs> Wait, I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm also just trying to be a three time champ here. I'm not trying to give it too much. <laughs> Todd's t- Todd has probably watched The Last Dance ten times, and he's trying to embody. <laughs> Michael Jordan, and he's just like, oh, I don't care. Just just push through. Just push through. This is Todd's flu game. I'm definitely Jerry Krause looking for that Tony coach. So, yeah, <laughs> all day, baby. But, yeah, all right, Jets, let's jump into it. So, um, last week we did um, rookie breakdown for running backs. This week we're going to go into wide receivers. So, the way we're going to do it is we're just going to go from first wide receiver picked and go all the way through the third round. So... I will start us off. And in round one, pick 12, first wide receiver off the board was the guy who wasn't even the best wide receiver in his college team, Henry Ruggs, to the Raiders. And um, Dave, Dave, first wide receiver off the board. You have spoken so highly of uh, Henry Ruggs throughout this podcast. So why don't you start us off? So I am loving this opportunity to talk first about Henry Ruggs. I will say that is a lie about me talking 
about Henry Ruggs. I think I had him behind Lynn Bowden when we started talking about rookies back in February, Todd. You are so awful at picking up on sarcasm. <laughs> awful. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's how we, awful. You know, I, I have to let the listeners know. Who, who knows? But anyway, uh, so I'm just going to dive right into Henry Ruggs. He's a true unicorn. He failed to reach the 20% receiving diameter in college. Uh, however, he's unlike any other non-breakout wide receiver that we've had since 2003. Um, most non-breakout wide receivers have at least like one or two years where they don't produce at all. That's un- that's not the tr- case with Henry Ruggs. He burst onto the scene in Alabama and was more productive than Judy. And he was even more productive than CeeDee Lamb at a- as a true freshman at 18 years old. So there's- that's one thing. And then he's also was consistent with steady production throughout his time in Alabama. And well, yes, he didn't meet that threshold, but he at least, he wasn't a no-show. And he had a lot of competition. So his, when I was looking through the data, his two best comps for me were Travis Benjamin and Marquise Goodwin. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately for Ruggs, but he's more productive than Benjamin, and he's a little bit better athlete. And he's also more, was way more productive than Goodwin and a comparable athlete. So, you know, with his draft capital, athleticism, and excellent efficiency, he, he and he was also great at scoring touchdowns in college, there's a lot of things to like, even though he doesn't have the breakout age or, you know, the market share that we like to have. So he's a truly unicorn. But that being said, I'm not riding Henry Ruggs into battle as my as my steed. I want a different type of war horse when I'm going into battle. I, I So, you know, he's my wide receiver six post-draft. And I, I, Todd, I think you must be shocked when I say wide receiver six. Is that a huge jump from where he was originally? Um. Yeah, you you had him extremely lower than that. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that at one point, I think the highest, I think it, the lowest you had him was like twelve, which was just insanely awful. And that I had to force bad. him to get. I had to force him to get it to was, twelve too. It was. It was like, definitely twelve. He forced that into a couple conversations yeah. with me, just to but, let me know that's what it was. Like it's like things like that where I go to myself. This is why analytics are sometimes just bad. So. Um, yeah, so you had him at 12 at one point, so having him at 6 is quite a jump. And, uh, yeah, so now you're back to reality. Congratulations. Welcome. So. He's a great gamble at the 201, the 112, for teams that, like, have already hit a, a top draft pick early on to come back in the upside of rugs. That's great for a dynasty squad. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Sean, do you have any thoughts on rugs? Yeah, uh, like Dave, I wasn't too high on him prior to the draft and seeing that capital invested in him. I wasn't as contrarian about it. He was falling in like the seven, eight range for me. Um, and again, just cause not a ton didn't flash a lot in college in terms of volume. You know, he was great with what he had like Dave alluded to, but just that overall concern, you know, going up against some of these other guys, not having those same numbers was a little concerning, you know, he had one year of wide receiver two status on his own team, and that was only by one reception. So he was barely ever even more than just a wide receiver three for his own squad, but that efficiency was great. And I think this landing spot is fantastic. It's crowded. They have one of, I think, the deepest wide receiver cores at the moment, but half those guys are write-offs. You know, firemen catch better than Nelson Aguilar at this point, and really all he has for competition going in is – the incumbent of Tyrell Williams, that's not going to do a lot to box a guy like Ruggs out. So I think he can really carve something out for himself, despite how crowded that is, because I don't think there's anybody quite like him on this team. And he really has a chance to kind of have a unique role here in that room. 
So I'm actually going to go opposite on the landing spot because it's not necessarily for the guys that are already there. It's the guys they are also drafted with him, like in Edwards and Bowden. Um, I think they're both phenomenal athletes in their own regards. I think they're also were two players that were more productive in college. So on top of that, with like when you throw in Renfro too to the other guys you named, it, there's a lot of good players there. I mean, I'm not saying like anybody's a stud or anything. It's just to me, like, I wasn't too sure, like, what Ruggs could do as a feature wide receiver to begin with. So, for me, like, first of all, this pick felt like the ghost of Al Davis up here that made this pick. This is such an Al Davis guy. And, like, John Gruden, like, must have just been, like, so happy to get this type of athlete because, you know, he uh, speed kills as far as Gruden's concerned. Um, so, I guess, like, you got to say to yourself, like, does the capital move him up? Like, of course it has to, to a certain degree. But... For me, it's a really crowded situation, but on tape, Ruggs is special. He's just, his catch radius is just insane. He's got phenomenal body control. We all know about the speed. So, I mean, to me, it's just kind of like, I'm not really quite sure what that ceiling looks like. So I'm kind of in the same boat as Dave, where I think that he's a good, I can't be even saying this about Henry Ruggs, I'm in the same boat as Dave, that I think Henry Ruggs is a great end of the first round, early second round pick. Because could he emerge as a top wide receiver in that wide receiver core? Of course he could. But I also, I'm really high on Bowden and I, and Dave sold me on Edwards. So those are guys that make me kind of a little bit worried about cutting into what his potential is. Because Even though the Raiders have come out and said Bowden's going to be a running back for them? that I don't care about that. That's just like where he <laughs> starts. Like, I don't care what you say before he even steps on a football field. I mean, they also got Josh Jacobs. And, like, the way I look at Lynn Bowden is, is, like, he's such a phenomenal football player and athlete. And he's, like, literally the perfect guy that John Gruden might. He might not be in their next quarterback. Who even knows at this point? So, like, to me, I, that was a joke for the record. So, my whole point is that, like, I can see Bowden ending up in a variety of situations there. You know? So, to me, like... Yeah, uh, Ruggs is probably the favorite, but to me, it's still a little crowded. Todd, with, with the the real breaking news of here is that you and I are holding hands in lockstep, essentially, on Henry Ruggs and other people and other wide receivers in this in this core. We're basically saying kumbaya together. We, who are we? I thought we were supposed to be rivals. Maybe we do have to change the name of this podcast. What what is going on? I I I, I don't know what happened, man. But yeah, I yeah I like I said like for me like there's just there's. I still have Ruggs as my wide receiver five, okay? And Dave had him at six. Sean, what do you have him at? He was, for me, my five as well. I, I don't yeah. care what you guys say. I like this landing spot. I think Bowden isn't really much of a threat. I don't think anybody who's there is a threat because of the way they used them last year. And I think Edwards is great. I agree with Dave on that. But I think oh they're gosh, really going to carve him out in a different things. way. Well, well, my, my thing about Ruggs is, like, so even, like, given what we're saying we're not agreeing on landing spot, you may have it at the same spot. I think what I'm trying to say about, like, the landing spot is, is, like, if it wasn't for that, I could see him as high as three. You know what I mean? With all the other guys that were coming in. Like, that was enough to bump him down for me. But also, it's kind of like the other guys where they landed and the fact that I kind of had all these guys as prospects kind of in the same tier, that's kind of the difference for me. But anywhere between, like, the guys I have ranked from 3, 4, and 5, they're all in the same tier, you know? So, um, well, actually, that's not true. I actually have Ruggs in the tier 3, and then those other two guys are at the bottom of tier 4. But it's, like, right at a tier break. So, um, you guys want to move on to the next one? All right. Onward. So, Kennedy, I'm going to let you start off this one. So, second wide receiver off the board. Round 1, pick 15. 
Ruggs' teammate, insignificantly better wide receiver, Jerry Judy, <laughs> uh, was picked by the Denver Broncos. I was very surprised by this. The Broncos had a couple of bigger needs than wide receiver. It seemed like, uh, you know, maybe getting somebody in to try and replace Von Miller, who's kind of on his way out, would have been a great way to go. But phenomenal pick here. I don't think they expected Judy to be there at 15. I'm pretty sure they probably saw him going to Oakland and just figured, hell, we he got to capitalize on this. And yeah. I think this is fantastic. You know, this was an offense that we saw transform with Drew Locke stepping in. He was the sixth. Those last six games he had were fantastic to cap off the season. He became the highest rated rookie passer once he was in there. And we saw them just take a big step forward in a way that the Broncos haven't been able to do in the last eight to ten years. And the door is just wide open. You know, between Cortland Sutton and Fant last year, they accounted for almost 40% of the team targets. This is a team that highlights the running back a ton with the 13th most frequency. And that'll probably go up with Gordon in the mix now. But there was nobody sitting behind Sutton. You had Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick. You know, those guys are grocery baggers any other day of the week. They're just walking in. They're stepping into a void. And you Judy's don't disrespect Kurt Warren like that, okay? You 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 be cool with Kurt Warren, okay? <laughs> hey, I love Kurt Warren. I'm just saying. Yeah. So That anyway. is a rare find, and I think these guys are going to be shown the door by Judy, and I think there is going to be enough volume, the way we saw this offense turning out last year, for him to really carve out his own stake, for him to be good, for Sutton to still be good and for them to do each other a lot of favors. So, I mean, I love the pick. My only issue is, like, why is it not Lamb here? Like, I feel like this is kind of, like, it's supposed to kind of be, like, a fit for him to compliment Sutton, what Sutton could do. Like, he's a little bit more of a compliment to Sutton in that vertical game. You know, Judy's big thing was, is like, he's an amazingly, like, agile, quick, phenomenal at getting off the release. His route running, Dave, is amazing. And, like, the way that he cuts, like, he just really just makes just DBs just forget where he was a second ago. So, I I mean, I think he's a great comp at the sudden. I think, like, I, I still don't understand why it wasn't Lamb. But, I mean, you can't be mad about this landing spot. He's the wide receiver, too, in an emerging offense that just picked up a great running back to be able to take the pressure off the passing game and keep uh, defenses honest. You know? So, Dave, do you have any thoughts before I ask a couple of key questions? Yeah, my thoughts. So before we get into like the landing spot, Jerm, Judy, check mark, break at age nineteen. That's what I want to see. Uh, draft capital, excellent. Check. Uh, his market share numbers are just average, but we can explain that away because it was Alabama. So uninspiring, but okay, we can move on. They, they meet the requirements for successful wide receivers in the NFL, and that. But where I diverge from people like Peter Howard is, is it, they really bring Judy down because his. You know, they don't, they don't, because of the market share numbers. But however, if you look at his other numbers that, that are significant, great scrimmage yards, num- average scrimmage yards numbers, great scrimmage touchdown numbers. And then he's also super efficient uh, within the offense at Alabama. And then I'm listening to people like Todd, like Sean, and other film watchers that say he's just, he's great at route running and all these positives. However, I'm not, I'm not with you guys on the landing spot. Yes, there's a lot of room in Denver. However, he's got to, he's got to deal with, Cortland Sutton first off. Then he's got to deal with Noah Fant, too. He's also got to deal with Albert O. And I'm not saying that there's just a lot of mouse. Uh, KJ what's Hamler. It? What's Albert's last name? Albert <laughs> Okunobamwe. I don't know. Uh, that's so not it. <laughs> that's not it. But 
<laughs> so, and I'm not sold on Drew Locke either. I th- yeah, QB wins are great, you know, but that's not a really great stat for as far as QB production is concerned. I think people are focusing on the success of the team overall and his actual performance. Uh, they've done everything to make it possible to help him succeed by giving him all these weapons, Drew Locke, but I'm not sold on Drew Locke. I think Sutton caps Judy's upside. If we were to see the Raiders, he would have been, you know, to the moon for his upside. And he's my wide receiver three. I'm happy. He's still my first tier wide receivers. I'm targeting him right around the 111 and Superflex drafts. That's, I don't, but the problem is at 111, I'm not going to be able to get him anywhere because everyone's going to pick him before I have a chance to. So, like, outside of Sutton, I, I'm not worried about any of those guys personally. You know, I also think that fans very overrated at this point. People are treating him as if he's like the tight end five, including Kennedy. Um,. That's right, Kennedy. When did I say he was the tight end five? Via text when I tried to trade for him. I didn't point. say he was the tight end five. You were trying yeah. to give me nothing for him. And I said he's more valuable than nothing, which is what you were offering me. I wasn't offering you nothing. You I were offering, offering me nothing. I was offering you the great OBJ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Unless that stands for somebody else than who I'm thinking of, great is not the right moniker there. Don't you say that to me again, Todd. The great OBJ. So, PSA, uh, Todd, PSA to our listeners. This is just Todd's attempt to drive down no fans price so we can trade him <laughs> for him. So don't he's listen to any analysis. He's not going to get him. He's bringing it to the wrong house. He would look great with Dallas Goddard for a while. So um, so anyways, so I is this an issue for Sutton? Is Jerry Judy being on Denver an issue for Sutton? What do you guys think? I was really high on Sutton. Like I was super high on Sutton this offseason. Um, I still am. I'm just curious what you guys think. Is this an issue for Sutton? I don't think it's a huge issue. I think there's a natural handicap that comes with another great wide receiver coming in. But I think Sutton showed that he can do a good amount with nothing, with Flacco, with whoever else was rolling out there. And I think now he's going to be able to kind of thrive a little bit. Judy's going to help spread the defenses around. So he might not get the same volume, but I think he's going to be more efficient with what he does get. Sutton was I taught I also was extremely high on Sutton. He was my wide receiver eleven going to pre in the pre-draft. He's fallen a little bit to me into wide receiver fifteen, so it does ding him a little bit. But Sutton That's in my a opinion, significant slide. It is That's... a significant slide. It is but that but also look he I mean he's behind Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf, Kenny Galladay. It's not like he's behind chumps. It's just like it's, OBJ. <laughs> Ooh. Um, yeah, OBJ's ahead of Sutton in my list. Thank you very much. So it's just that it's razor thin in this, and the way the NFL passing games are working, these wide receiver ones aren't separating themselves like they used to four or five years ago. So just a little bit of a twinge in value for Sutton moves him down four spots. But I still love Sutton. I still think he's going to be the alpha in this offense. I do not agree with anyone that thinks Jerry Judy's the alpha. It is Cortland Sutton. He is a dominant player, and especially a red zone threat. Oh, I love Cortland Sutton, but he's just not as hot. The upside just isn't there as like it used to be. So it's kind of funny. Um, his spot actually moved up one for me because it would have stayed the same. It's just that one guy moved down two spots for me, so he moved up one. Uh, I'll get into the guy that moved down later. So um, with Sutton, to me, like, I mean, if you look at, like, what he, what he was doing last year, I mean, he had 124 targets. I don't see that number going down with another guy. You know, like, I feel like there's going to be enough, like, also the offense was not efficient when when Flacco was there. So now with luck, you're probably going to see a lot more throwing, I think. Uh, I also think the running game is going to be able to open things up a little bit. So 
I, I think that Sutton actually might even benefit from Judy because before, like what Sean was saying, there was nobody there. So now they have to be able to account for two very good players. And fans probably going to take a, you know, take a step and be a legit wide receiver too, somewhere in that mid-range at some point. So um, he's a guy that people have to be honest about. Uh, I think the Missouri tight end is, is a project. I don't think there's anything to worry about with him this year, you know. But for me, like, yeah, I'm still very high on Sutton. I have him as my wide receiver 13. To support so, what you were saying, Todd. So we're not that far. Todd, we're really not that far off. No, we're not far off at all. But my point was saying, like, does this hurt Sutton? And I think we all agree no. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So, so I, I actually Todd, think it helps him. To A little bit to help your benefits. Sutton was better when he had Emmanuel Sanders in that offense. He was slightly better with Emmanuel Sanders. So hopefully with someone else in that offense, you, it will improve. And maybe if Drew Locke progresses, I think Drew, the actual the numbers between Drew Locke and Joe Flacco weren't that different as far as pass attempts and all that yeah. stuff. But there's more optimism with Drew Locke. So I understand why. I mean, we all, I still like Carton Sutton. I tried to trade for him with Sean. I sent him a very low ball offer and he just told me the GTFO. So Sean, Sean, Sean's so, so kind with the way I've got that answer locked, loaded, and ready to go after dealing yeah. with Todd all week. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so long story short is, I'll be sending you an offer for Sutton later. Um, long story short is, but the other thing too, I got to say is, is there, is there a reality where Jerry Judy's better than Sutton? It, it, mm. there, like, there's no possibility of that happening at all. Very slim. I mean, he couldn't beat out uh, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle and Henry Ruggs to separate himself that much from them. So why would he be better than Cortland Sutton, who could just buy? He could just flex. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe Tua just likes to move the ball around to all the phenomenal wide receivers he has. And you know what I mean? Maybe he's somebody who's not like zeroing on one player like Andy Dalton. You know what I mean? So like maybe that's just it. Like oh god, I'm so sick of that crap. So at the same time, like there's a lot of phenomenal. Like there's going to be. Four players within the first two rounds and the next two drafts that were Alabama wide receivers. Which just admire that there was greatness there. Done. All right? Same thing with LSU. So, um, when it comes to, like, the whole thing with Sutton and Judy, like, the reason I say it helps is, like, it's not the fact that I don't need the numbers. It's just it's just common sense to me. So, like, on one side of the field is a great player. If there's another player on the other side of the field, they're going to have to play both sides of the field. That's all. You know what I mean? That's, that's what it breaks down to for me. So... A rising um, tide rises all boat, right? All ships, right? That's the saying. Okay, all right, getting uh, getting like some literature in there for us. You think right. it was Dave drinking that Japanese yeah. whiskey, dude? This is hitting me <laughs> great, gentlemen. All right, so next round one, pick seventeen, my boy CD Lamb to the Cowboys, and my favorite thing about this pick is that J- Jerry Jones picked him in the yellow submarine. And um, picked up him up and just pissed off every Eagles fan across the country, which is phenomenal. You probably so, pissed off a few Dallas fans too. Then they're idiots. They're loving it. I, I <laughs> they're absolute the idiots. They've loved it. Yeah, the reaction that I've seen, they've loved it. My thing about it is, is like this is where you say, "Oh my God, this guy's still there." I don't care what we need, and I totally support it. CD Lamb is that good of a player, and I I think it was a phenomenal pick. It absolutely kills Gallup. And it definitely threatens uh, Cooper ceiling. I'm still super high on Lamb. It was kind of like whoever Lamb with me. The landing spot does hurt a little bit, but I just think that he's the kind of prospect I haven't seen in a long time. And I also think he has the ceiling to be the best wide receiver out of those three, easily. You know, um, last time I checked, Dave was trying to tell people that uh, Cooper was waived. Is that correct, Dave? 
Cooper Rush was waived. So, or, that's, I was trying. That was just messing with uh, Father Bernard, who I had just traded uh, Cooper to for for the like for a haul. So, or for anyway, I give a lot up to get to the one to get Jonathan Taylor. Basically, <laughs> it was a lot. I don't want to talk about it, but uh, no. So, I, I Todd, I really struggled with this decision hard for the first week and a half after the draft. I was Jan Rager, wide receiver one. That's just my gut reaction. All, you know, rockets away to the moon, Jalen Rager, baby. Because your gut reaction is, oh my gosh, there's Michael Gallup there, there's Amari Cooper, and there's Zeke Elliott. That's a lot of mouse to feed. There's uh, cue the cliche sound effect. A lot of mouse to feed in Dallas. So initially, that's my reaction. It was like, CeeDee Lamb, I'm not, I, I was hoping he'd land with the Raiders or, you know, a lot of other teams, and he could have just been the alpha from the get-go. But I take I take a step back, let my emotional try to let the emotions get away for a second, and I have to go back to my pre-draft analysis. Great breakout age, amazing scrimmage statistic, uh, yards from scrimmage and touchdown statistics, excellent breakout age, uh, excellent uh, market share numbers, great athleticism, great play style, very well uh, regarded among scouts and film watchers. I need to just take a step back and think there's still a lot of targets to go around in Dallas. That he can, he can, he's that good of a player where he can, there's no more Randall Cobb. Jason Witten's not there anymore. There's still a significant amount of targets to go around there. And you have a great QB in Dak Prescott to throw you the ball. That's a positive for CeeDee Lamb. So he is officially my wide receiver one again. Very difficult for me to say that. Uh, but I got to trust the talent and, and bet on the talent. And, and who knows what's going to happen in a year or two, what the situation will be. People are talking about they can get out of the Cooper deal in two years. Okay, I, I, I mean, sure. But it we're, we're being too confident in our evaluations to know what's gonna how to project two, three years down the road. So why not just bet on the talent, bet on CeeDee Lamb, and he's my wide receiver one in this class. All right, before we get to Sean... Where has all this passion for C.D. Lamb been for the last, like, 10,000 times we've talked about him on this podcast? <laughs> Why was it given, post- he's, he's been the given wide receiver one. It's just uninteresting. He, he was such a great prospect. He was the wide receiver one. He's been my wide receiver one from the get-go. Mm. I don't know. You, you, you are, I think it's you uninteresting, are definitely- uninteresting to talk about talk, <laughs> C.D. Lamb, how great he is. Sean, where do you have Lamb on your rankings? So for me, he kind of he started at one in a real just him and Judy in that first tier at a pretty interchangeable one two depending on the day, and mm-hmm. then he took kind of a tumble for me to four. Uh, but unlike Dave, I am holding firm there. But I think I wasn't wow. as down. You know, I was watching the draft with Dave. He kind of fell to pieces when that happened. I, did, I got pissed. You know, he had to he had to step away from the camera to go get something in the other room, and I think we all know what that means. But it think you know pouring through the data pouring through the numbers you can't get past the fact that lamb is still just an amazing athlete and an amazing receiver dave already mentioned Witten and cobb being gone they accounted for 160-ish targets last year you know not that vacated targets is the best stat to rely on but that's at least a good barometer of what's out there and this competition that he's walking into you know cooper is cooper he does cooper things and we saw michael gallup really take an awesome step forward last year but i think there's a parable here to how this can work for all three of them. And if you take a look at the Rams from 2018, you know, had Cup finished that season, they all would have ended up with roughly about 100 targets, either just under or just over 100 yards with probably about five or six touchdowns for each of them. 
Yeah. That's all great serviceable numbers for wide receivers. So I think, you know, Gallup probably takes the biggest tumble out of all these three, not Lamb. But just yep. the transformation that that offense has gone through under Kellen Moore that we saw last year, their reliance on the passing game and letting Dak emerge and then for some reason stonewalling him and telling him he's worthless is just the weirdest negotiating tactic ever. But I digress because Jerry Jones is the worst. Right. But in terms of Zeke, like he's really got nothing to be threatened there by because they used Zeke in the passing game with one of the least frequencies of any team last year. Right. So I think if they're really just going to be rolling these three receivers out there, Lamb can really hop over Gallup and be good. I, here. I, so I'd say I, Barry Jarwin, he's dead, but you can probably yeah. buy Gallup for next to nothing right now, which might not be the worst investment. He's really hard to trade right now. So um, with with Lamb, dude, like I could see him jumping over Coop. You know, maybe not this year, in two years, easily. I just think that you're, the other thing with Mari is. He's not consistent. You know what I mean? He's like a big boom bust kind of a wide receiver where I could see Lamb being that consistently reliable week in, week out number one wide receiver. And he I just think that he is a better overall wide receiver prospect than Cooper was coming out of college, which is saying something because Cooper was very hyped coming out of college. So like I disagree with you. I think Cooper was a better prospect, but I, I'm not gonna fight you on it. No, but... I get it. I mean, like I've said that like I Lamb is my favorite wide receiver prospect since Larry Fitzgerald. You know? And I would say I probably I would take Larry Fitzgerald over him at that point, but that was so long ago, you know? But that's how high I am on Lamb. So like if you put him in an offense that's so high power with a phenomenal QB, he's still my wide one, you know? And this is about, like, am I worried about the 21-2020 production? Sure, absolutely I am, because it is crowded. But I do think Cream rises to the top, man, and he's the cream, you know? So, Dave? Todd, can I just say one thing? Sean, I love the word parable. Well done, sir. The only only thing about that comparison to the Rams and those three wide receiver ones or top 24 wide receivers was they all need to get injured for that to happen. So that's the only problem with that. We don't want that to happen in Dallas. But your point is a good point. So that's a great word, parable. I'm going to use that tomorrow, five times tomorrow. I'm going to try to work into a sentence. That was a nice compliment, Dave. I appreciate it. You sounded just like my grandmother. All right, so you guys ready to move on? Uh, sh- uh, Dave, where did you have him in your rankings? So he's my wide receiver one overall, but he, I want him right at 107 is where I'm taking him. So I, I'm i still going to be able to get him in about 50% of drafts right there because people are really high on the, wide, on the running backs. And I just have him ahead. I have him ahead of uh, – I have him ahead of Akers, and that, that, that might be able to get me to have C.D. Lamb. All right, uh, where did you guys have Judy? We didn't actually put Judy in there. So I had Lamb 1, Dave had Lamb 1. Where do you have Judy, Dave? I have him at wide receiver 3 and uh, the 11th pick overall. Sean, Judy, where'd you have him? Judy at 2. Judy at 2. Okay. Okay, Sean, I am I am intrigued, man. Um, all right, next. After C.D. Lamb came... Round one, pick 21, Jalen the Rager to the Philadelphia Eagles. I think I'd be, it'd be crazy not to start with Dave on this one. Go ahead, Dave. I was so excited draft night. Sean was there. He witnesses. I was, I was punching the air. I was like Rocky on the top of the Rocky steps. I was going crazy 
I think I posted wide receiver one, Jalen Rager, baby. Yes, living that lifestyle. He is my guy among those wide receiver class. I love Jalen Rager. I'm absolutely in love with his game, his attitude, and just everything about him. Uh, usually, and which is strange because I'm usually more about like the profiles like Denzel Mims, and I even get more excited about a CD Lamb. But just Rager has gone right to my core. He swept me off my feet. He's got the age 18 breakout age, dominant from market uh, market share standpoint. Great in scrimmage yards and scrimmage touchdown numbers and phenomenal efficiency within that offense from a yard yards per reception and from a scrimmage yards per team play thing. Incredible athlete. People were disappointed at the combine. Uh, he bulked up a little bit too much, but I still love his BMI, like his explosive, Whoa. his explosion numbers, burst numbers. There's a BMI for you, Sean. I knew that would get you going. <laughs> I heard it sneak in there. <laughs> I, I tried to hold it back, but it just bubbled out. Uh, so... I. And, but people ding him for his final year production. And I've heard a lot of smart people ding him for that. And even with that down final season, we all know the reason. Six college QBs throughout his time there. And like 30, PFF said that 37% of his targets in his final year at TCU were on target or catchable. Which is, ins- that is mind-boggling that he still had those production numbers with 37% accuracy from the quarterbacks. So you can explain that away. And despite that fi- that poor final year, he still had amazing statistics despite a down final year. I love me some Jalen Rager. My wide receiver, too. I'm taking it 109 Superflex rookie drafts. Oh, and I'm going to get him probably 90% of drafts with him as my, as my 109. Uh, oh, God. Jalen Rager, speak, talk dirty to me. <laughs> uh, go ahead, uh, Sean. Talk dirty to Dave. Yeah. Oh, Dave, your enthusiasm just has me brimming. It did draft night and it still does today. But unlike you, I held the line. He is still my wide receiver one. I think I'm oh, putting oh, I think yes, I'm putting a Sean. lot more draft capital stock into these than you guys are because Rager's game is phenomenal. I mean, I don't need to rehash anything Dave just said. His game might not be as bulletproof as Judy and Lance, but it's still pretty damn good in its own right. But the fact of the matter is, Wentz has basically just been throwing to Clifford Franklin for the 2019 season. They've got Alshon Jeffrey, who they apparently hate and want out of town. They have Deshaun Jackson, who is older than all three of us combined and can't stay on the field. <laughs> In football years. Yeah. And a who's who of just role players and scrubs. You know, they have J.J. Arce, a white guy, and he came out today and said that he couldn't even go to the bathroom without two people helping him last year, which seemed like a pretty gross way to come out and say, I was hurt all year, and I didn't do too well. But, you know, he took it there. Maybe that's what happens when you're 20 and you're not thinking very worldly yet. But this just, there's so much opportunity here. It's crazy. It's insane to be able to walk into an offense that has been this historically productive under Doug Peterson. They're not that they're making history, but that they are consistently good. And to just have relatively little standing in your way. Zach Ertz is always going to be the top pass catcher. But this is an offense that was so devoid of reliable wide receivers last year that they farmed out 46% of their targets to other positions. For somebody of Rager's ability to be able to step in here and take over is just incredible. I think the fantasy repercussions of that are going to be huge. So, Dave, I am racing you up that mountain to shout his name from the top of it into the void. Oh, Rookie Whisperer, Jalen, uh, he, he agrees with me, at Rookie Whisperer on Twitter. He's, we're, we're Sean, we're, I had to abandon him. Take it up. Take up that flag, my friend. I will meet <laughs> you on that hill. You have inspired me, but I still haven't gotten there. But, oh, my heart is with you, my friend. Well said. <laughs> Poetry in motion. 
Sean, I'm going to have to listen to this oh. as I fall asleep tonight. Don't well cry for me, Argentina. Sir. I will keep him well there done. until the day grows dead. All right, well, I'm going to count to three, and that three did. That's when you can stop listening. One, <laughs> two, three. So, yeah, I'm not as high on Rager as you guys. So, um, I mean, I am high on him. He's still my wide receiver four. Um, for me, I I love his game. I love his film. I mean, Davis preached his numbers to me at this point where I feel like I can repeat them by heart now. Um, I actually feel like with the Philadelphia offense, like I like the idea of Rager playing more in the slot and with the two tight ends and no other wide receivers here to be able to take pressure off of him. I mean, Jeffrey and DJX are like permanently on the IR. So I feel like he's put in a situation where, yeah, of course, like targets are extremely important to fantasy. Like, and I think that there's plenty to be had there. I just feel like he's not going to be put in a position to be able to be successful where he could best be put on a football field. So, yeah, I mean, it, the fact that like he just he just can't find where I'd like him to be within that offense, that's what worries me because I don't see like Ertz and like and Goddard out on the wide on the wideouts with him on the slot. Like that's what my biggest worry is with him. And there's just one guy I happen to like more than him. It's a phenomenal landing spot. I mean, Judy and Lamb were my one and two from the get-go, and they fit well in the places that didn't make me change my mind. And it's just one guy whose landing spot I just liked more than his. So I, I think Rager's my four. Uh, Dave, I'm going to take a shot in the dark that Rager's your two. He is my two. He is my shining knight. He is my star that shines bright. And, yes, that is generally. Dave, can I whisper something to you that's absolutely going to blow your stack? Nachoku! I scored Jalen Rager with the third pick of the second round in a rookie draft last week. Sean, I have one question about that. Are there any openings in that league? Uh, maybe. We just added a pretty drastic humiliation challenge to it, which might chase some people away. So, Sweet. I'm in. Sean, here's, I have actually a question about – so uh, everyone knows we're all, so we're all in the same league together. I had the 111. You've got like the 107, 108, and 108. 110. And 110. 110. In this, in the, this I just traded away for Allen Robinson, which I was really yeah, happy about. Yeah, that was really nice. Good for you. So, but in my heart of hearts, I just knew that was Jalen Rager slipping through my fingers. No, it's and not. No, it's not. Because Jalen Rager was never going to get there. <laughs> no. I don't think he's okay. going to get to me, but if he does, don't hold your Oh, Jalen Rager's getting to you. Jalen Rager's going to get to you. Absolutely. Well, then hot damn. Strap in, folks. Pants are going to be off in the Kennedy household until 2021. Whew, unrealistic, unrealistic of me. So I, I can take that and take a breath. I don't have to worry about it. So yeah, take it right uh, to the money. Welcome bank, to the Dave. team, Alan Robinson. You guys, you guys got me excited. I finished my whiskey. All right. So next round one, pick twenty-two, Justin Jefferson to the Vikings. So I'm going to start off with this because this is indeed the one guy I have over Rager. I have him as my wide receiver three. Um, I just really like him. His whole profile as an NFL wide receiver. I like his productivity in college. I like his size. I like his all-around game. I think that he's the perfect fit for that post-Dugs move. Um, I actually also see him with Thielen that he actually has a road to be able to be a wide receiver run, uh, wide receiver run pretty quickly. Maybe not. In I could hear that whiskey in, in, <laughs> yeah. in your speech there, Todd. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm getting back. So I actually feel like there's a, ro- a road for him being at the wide receiver one. Uh, with Thielen's like age and everything, his productivity kind of dipping a little bit, but I actually really like that pairing a lot. And so like, I love his upside and his immediate opportunity in that offense. So like 
for me, like, and also, like, Jefferson, you can't deny, like, how productive he was this year. And he actually had decent production before that, before this historical season at LSU. So, he's my wide receiver three. I loved the landing spot. I love the fit. Um, I'm not going to get him in our weeks. I have no picks. But, hey, I that's the guy I'm higher on than Rager. Gents, have at it. Uh, I'll start with Sean. Yeah, this is just – it's a great landing spot for a great receiver. Jefferson checks all the boxes. I actually took a little uh, siesta from my brother-in-law's wedding on national championship night to go watch Jefferson light it up with a bunch of randoms at the bar at the wedding venue because I figured, why keep disappointing my in-laws with my dancing? This is just – he's a great receiver. He can do it all. He's going into an offense that runs a huge amount of run plays, which you know might be an early red flag, but if you look at – the strides that they made in their passing game last year from those first couple of weeks where Cousins couldn't hit a mark to save his life and just looked so out of place. And they had Diggs and Thielen and Cousins all chirping at each other on the sidelines. They really kind of started to get it together and came into form. And Cousins was great last year. Diggs played his way out of town and just left a gaping void there. So it's really encouraging to see them spend the capital to bring in a wide receiver of Jefferson's talents. And I agree with you, Todd, that with Thielen's very recent injury history, his age, there's a lot more opportunity to be had for somebody like Jefferson. And he's the kind of wide receiver that, like, his profile, like, in his size and everything like that, I, I have more confidence in him making the lead to the NFL than Jalen Raker. That's another reason. Now, if you want to compare athleticism, it's not even close. Raker's a better athlete, you know? But I just am just really high on Jefferson. He's also somebody that... I continuously was getting higher on and then the landing spot. So I think I was kind of, it was kind of catching my fever a little bit there. So Dave Jefferson thoughts. So I'm going to preface this Todd and Sean in that I really like Justin Jefferson, but we are splitting hairs at the top of this wide receiver one tier for me that all these four receivers are in the same tier for me. So I'm just going to preface it that I like Jefferson Jefferson. This might come off as negative to Jefferson, but I like him. He's a great wide receiver prospect. He has an age, 19 breakout age, check. Average, he's average from a market share point of view, but great raw numbers and scrimmage yards and touchdown numbers, phenomenal. So, and he also is, uh, has a solid scrimmage yards per team pass play, or per team play, which is what we like to see as far as efficiency is concerned. And I really trust uh, J. Mike Check, uh, host the open bar and Dynasty, the, the Dynasty Dummy Blitz, or the, the Dummy Blitz, and Zachary Tassin Assassin on Twitter. I really trust their film analysis on Jefferson. It's and he's a great. We talked about he's a pretty good athlete too. We had a pretty low bar going in because of his high school testing, but he's a good athlete. We talked about this before, Todd. Mm-hmm. It's just you guys really like his vending spot. My problem is, is I don't like it very much. Yes, Stephon Diggs is gone. However, that offense as a whole is a low passing volume offense. That was what we were complaining with Diggs last year. I was such a Diggs guy. And why didn't they throw the ball when they have weapons like Thielen, Rudolph, Smith, and and Diggs? Why weren't they throwing the ball more? Because they're doing that run-first offense, slow the game down. I don't like that. And that's why I don't love Jefferson. That's the separator for me is why he's not higher in this tier. And also, in the back of my head, I just say to myself, that – that, that offense at Louisiana at LSU was unbelievable. Could was that just offense was just so great that inflated his numbers a little bit? Yeah, he's a great player, 
But they just couldn't, the way they spread the team out, they had all weapons everywhere. Joe Burr was a phenomenal QB. Did that just not just put a little bit more shine on Jefferson than, than maybe what we would think it was? Because he was still good before the offense broke out, because his age 19 season broke out. But before the National Championship Series, he was he just he just seemed a lot of shine to him. And he only plays out of the slot, really. And people, film watchers like Zach and J. Mike say that he can do, he is the, the skill set to do more than that. But it just separates enough for me. Why is my wide receiver four? Is that am I crazy for thinking that way, guys, or am I just overthinking it? I think you're overthinking it. Oh I think, God, I knew that you were going to say that. So anyway, Sean, what do you think? I think they're le- legitimate <laughs> points for concern. You know, they had a pretty public battle over going to the run dominant offense, but I think there's still room to be had there. You know, if he can come in year one and even just take over that digs volume, that digs roll those targets, that production, that's still wide receiver two territory. Yeah, it's back end wide receiver two, but there's a ton of room to grow there. So I think right. despite despite the run heaviness of that offense, which I think is one of the top ones, there's still a lot to be had. You know, it's not a complicated landing spot in terms of depth chart. They have Thielen. There's really no other receivers. They brought in Tajay Sharp, but who cares? I have to throw something out at Dave. All right, Dave. Every time we talk about an Alabama or LSU wide receiver, there's always an average mark, uh, target share. Are you not connecting the dots here yet? That there's just a lot of good players there? And we can stop having bias and people breaking out? No, he, no, he has a great breakout age. I, that wasn't my problem. The no, problem no, no, is, is I mean separating has... in the target mark, like the no, target share. Yeah, no, and I said it's average. He meets the requisite. It doesn't ding him. That doesn't all ding right, him for me. Right. What dings him for me is that... That offense was so prolific. His QB was so prolific. I think it inflated a little bit. Of course, in the same thing with CH a little bit. When you that you spread that offense out, you don't have to. Yeah, even though you're facing SEC defenses, when you spread them out like that and you have that many weapons, it's it's tough to cover everybody. Right. You know and- what, Dave? I I have a very saucy quote that comes to mind right now. It's a rising tide lifts all boats. You may be familiar with it. Yeah, exactly. It ra- it rose. It did that exactly for Justin. It raised his boat. Now the boat is sinking because the tide it's and Mike sinking. Zimmer is living in the 1980s. Come to life, Mike Zimmer. Enter the present. The man wears an uh, eye patch. He's not coming to life. I'm He's a going too loud here. I know that, but yeah. It, it, it's fine. I mean, but the other thing too, though, is like Zimmer could easily be out at some point there. All right. So, I mean, for me, my big thing is that like, I just love the landing spot. Yep. It's not a high volume offense, but for passing... But, I mean, it's produced plenty of wide receiver one and wide receiver twos. So, like, obviously there's room for production there. There's a clear room to targets, like Sean said, with Diggs gone. I love his profile. I'm big on him. Now, the one thing I wanted to bring up was, because I think one of the most underrated moves in the offseason is Joe Brady going to the Panthers. And I'm really excited to see what that offense looks like. Because if he was able to orchestrate what he did in LSU, I'd like to see what he can do with the NFL squad. Just saying. Underrated, Todd? We spent 50 minutes on the Panthers in an episode. <laughs> I don't think we brought up Joe Brady once. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing around. I'm just messing around. Yeah. Just yeah. Around. So, which, I'm, like, which is part of the reason I'm embarrassed. All right. So, um, all right. So, we're going to wrap up this episode with one more guy. We're going to just do the first round. And then we're going to come back with you with part two later on. So, last receiver in the first round. Round one, pick 25, Brandon Ayuk went to San Francisco. And um, eh, it's felt a little high for Brandon Ayuk in my book. Um, I had read in some mock drafts that he was supposed to go at the end of the first round. 
wasn't really getting it. Um, from a Phil standpoint, like he's definitely fast. He's he's a good athlete. I didn't really see what made him special. Um, it's a good opportunity and a great offense. Uh, he'll find space with Samuel and Kittle's occupying stuff, but I don't think he's a guy I'd be able to trust week to week. And I really don't see him being a slam dunk as a wide receiver too. Um, not super high on Ayuk, though I have to respect the draft capital and the athleticism there. So... Todd, that sounded almost very analytical of you there. Respect the draft capital and the athleticism. Very very analytical of you. I mean, I yeah. I Thanks, Dave. I mean, <laughs> I, I, do, I do think about these things. I'm not just blowing smoke the whole time. Um, Sean, you can go first because Dave's a dick. <laughs> um, yeah, not, not crazy about this one. I was shocked, absolutely flummoxed that he went off the board before T. Higgins. Even kind of Brian Edwards, a little bit, and Michael Pittman. I, I had Ayuk kind of below those guys, but Higgins for sure. Um, you know, this is, it's a wide, it's kind of a wide open depth chart behind Samuel. They have the uber flop and Dante Pettis, a kind of cast of who's who's and who's nobody. Jalen Hurd coming back after being hurt all year, after them sinking a third round pick into him. Last year is... Maybe a little intimidating, but, I mean, first-round draft capital, like you said, Todd, you can't beat it. It's really wide open here. My concern is is that Ayuk's game seems really limited. You know, his college production is limited. He's a great athlete. He's quick. He's fast. You can't beat that. But we've seen them draft these guys before, and they don't really lead anywhere. And this is a team that's committed to the run. Not only did they run with one of the highest frequencies of every team last year, but they also ran the fewest plays. And I think Garoppolo in the playoffs and Garoppolo in the Super Bowl has really just shown that their game plan, their path to victory, is to just kill the clock. They're not looking to light it up. They're not looking to dazzle you. They're not looking to do anything worthy of a highlight reel except for run the ball three times for four yards each time and eventually score. So I think the depth chart might be wide open, but for Ayuk to crack in, to gain a share of targets that's really going to be fantasy relevant on a team that's not looking to throw the ball, it might be a little tougher. So I'm not I'm not crazy about this one. I wasn't high on Ayuk to start with, but this really didn't move the needle for me, despite the draft capital. Dave, Ayuk? So, the th- oh goodness. The thing with Ayuk is, I'm just going to come out and say, I will not have any shares of Brendan Ayuk coming out of rookie drafts. He's just not my type of player. I understand why people like Brandon Ayuk, but he's just not my kind of guy. I will explain why that. He's got a late break, breakout age, and I understand that he was a late uh, JUCO transfer and why he was a late why he has a late breakout age. I understand that. So you have to discount the breakout age thing a little bit. That being said, if he was so good, why didn't he try, why didn't he take more opportunity away from Nikhil Harry? Why didn't he compete more with Nikhil Harry coming out? So the, his one year of down in production. Special teams dominance is a big positive, so I, there are a lot of positives. Great draft capital. I'll echo Todd's analytical genius and say he has great draft capital. And it just, it, I'm just okay missing with players like Ayuk. I understand why people like that great last year of college production. And San Francisco, you guys say he's a lot of opportunity. Do and I think they they want to run the ball like Sean said. Kittle's the number one option. Then it's Debo. Then it's Ayuk. And I don't think Kendrick Bourne's a slouch either as a UDFA. I'm not saying you have to worry about uh, Kendrick Bourne, but he's not a chump. He had so I'm just I'm not thrilled. I think he's he's great as an he, well not, he's 
I respect it as an NFL draft pick. Fantasy-wise, I don't like it. And this is just a classic uh, Kyle Shanahan move, just like Dante Pettis. Oh, I'm the smartest guy in the room. Why don't I just make my job much harder and have to show how great at coaching I am because I can't uh, evaluate talent for crap. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> Dave, Dave dropping it like it's hot. So um, I actually have IU particularly well. I am 10. I am, like, not big on IU at all. Sean, what do you have he was my wide receiver 10, which would you know put him probably maybe right before what Dave just said. So if I'm catching him at 3-1, 3-2, I think I'm happy with that just because, you know, right after that, you're talking dark yeah. throw territory. And Sean, I'm assuming Jefferson was your three? All right, we never put that down, but that would just made sense. So, Dave, Ayuk? Yeah, my wide receiver 11. Wow, none of us have them higher than that. That's crazy. So that's going to wrap up this episode for us. Um, you can find me, I am Todd, at FF underscore Benjamin Foster on Twitter. Um, if you have some very rude analytical tweets, I might battle you on there. Uh, Dave, where can they find you? You can find me at FF underscore Spaceman. My writing and musings are at DynastyFootballFactory.com. Check out my pinned tweet from my College Prospect database. And also check out Sean and I's uh, wide receiver articles. We did instant reactions, but they're not just they're, – they apply all season long. We did 32 draft uh, wide receivers drafted. We analyze it from an in-depth point of view. Check those out. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm at, at – FF underscore walrus on Twitter and just to plug again like Dave said our instant draft reactions um, all those receivers you know you're talking landing spot you're talking athleticism you're talking all the analytics that Dave loves all the draft capital landing spot opportunity stuff that I love all melded into one just a great spot to hear us go off and hopefully torture some lead mates with hey sounds good to me guys I mean I already know more than both of you otherwise I might read it so um all right, gents. Catch you on the next episode. Goodness, I was a surprise Todd even said he knew how to read there at the end. <laughs> you can say anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's the host. Can say whatever the hell I could say I'm 12 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs>